You are listening to Rouge, White, and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the White Blue CFL Podcast. I'm Oz Davis. I'm the co-host of the show. And joining me, as always, is my steady-as-she-goes co-host in Wisconsin, Joe Pritchard. Good. Finally starting to feel a bit of a ramp up on this. This was the quietest, like, least, like, I didn't miss the CFL all that much for most of the offseason. Finally, we're starting to get there. It's starting to be, oh, preseason's happening. My new passport is in my hands. I'm ready to go for the next 10 years on that front. So... That kind of helps. That kind of helps gear me up. I can't believe it. I'm only like three, three and a half weeks from heading up north. It doesn't. It feels like it should be a lot further away than that. Joe is, of course, discussing the imminent opening of the CFL season, which is only two days away. Um, yeah, I was thinking about this just the other day, and it was like, I mean, of course, 2020 seems like forever ago, but you may remember 2021 when the CFL had all that weird scheduling stuff going on and the delayed start of the season and whatever. And a lot of folks after the canceled season were like, yeah, it kind of dropped off my radar and, and it's taking time to come back. You know, that, that 2021 season was over, like it was done. Um, And so that one barely registered either. And so, and of course, in 2022, the Bombers just picked up where they left off. So, so it seems like, you know, and, and we're saying that a lot in America about other things too. It seems like things are finally getting back to normal. Uh, the devotion is finally there. I'm not, I'm, I'm ready for CFL season now, I think mentally, but that's usual for me because, you know, the NBA playoffs are going on. The Stanley Cup playoffs are going on. You know, college softball World Series is going on. I'm watching all this other stuff. But today we're talking CFL football, and we've got some things to talk about. Um, wanted to start today, and I wish we had Andrew Buckholtz of Awful Announcing on this week. Kind of a media deal. Kind of a uh, information partnership. Uh, this was announced today on Tuesday, the 6th of June, 2023. Uh, the press release goes something like the CFL has entered into a partnership with sports analytics company Pro Football Focus. The league announced Tuesday, uh, PFF, whose clients include the NFL and U.S. college football and formerly the AAF, apparently, grades individual players based on data points created by breaking down game footage. So these guys watch a lot of tape, right, Joe? That's that's what's going mm-hmm. on. <laughs> a lot of tape. They check every player on every play and give them a grade based off of what they what they are expected to be doing on a play. They're never they're never going to get everything right, but they they know a lot more about the game than I'm sure me and you do. Um, <laughs> so if they see, so they're generally going to know what a player's assignment should be on a given play and on the off chance they're wrong once in a while, it should come out in the wash because they're covering 150 plus plays a game. So 
they got a lot of data points to play with. And this is this is the kind of analysis that a sport like pro football, where about half the players are never going to generate any real stats in their whole career, needs to be done. This is the kind of thing you see in the British papers all the time, or the British websites all the time, I should say now, for sports like soccer and rugby, uh, where again, like most of your players are not getting any stats. Uh, however, you know, and, and, and it's wild because in gridiron football, we don't think of it this way, right? A, a lot of us just think nothing of the fact that some of your most important players never touch the ball in their entire career. We just, eh, you can't make stats. So it's good to have metrics guys like Pro football focus around. Uh, like I said, I'm sorry that we don't have Andrew Buckholz of Awful announcing on this week. But Joe, realistically, what what do you think this is going to do for the CFL? Uh, number one, it's going to aid it's going to aid the CFL players in getting exposure to people that watch the NFL. To, for people that watch the NFL hardcore, like the pro football focus people do, they're going to be putting the same grades on that they would put that they would be putting on NFL players. Uh, people that rely on PFF for their NFL information are also going to be led to scan in the CFLs in the CFLs database as well. See if there's matches. Uh, it, scouts have done been doing the eye test for hundreds of years. But now we're starting to put numbers to go along with these eye tests. And that'll help a player that is that maybe other teams aren't throwing the ball at. Think about think about the uh, many players from CFL secondaries that have gone down south in the past few years. Some have come back up, some have stayed down. But teams that will avoid the best the best players uh in the secondary because they're the best. They're gonna go after the weaker players. So this is actually going to give the players that are being they're being avoided by the other team some statistical ex, uh, exposure where the zeros before weren't giving them that. Yeah, there's some pretty wild statistics on this. Uh, now, Pro Football Focus has been on this assignment apparently for a couple of days now, at least outwardly facing. So in other words, as far as material that they're putting out there to the public on their website. But they've got a couple of things up there right now, which for those of you, let's say, for example, planning your CFL fantasy football lineups uh, might want to take a look at. Um, the two pieces so far are the, the um, CFL quarterback rankings typical listicle kind of thing. And the other thing is the preseason CFL all-star team. And I assume that this means this is going into the season rather than during the preseason, right, Joe? I mean, this is not about... Right. This is like okay. going into the season, taking from <laughs> what they've learned from breaking down 2022 CFL tape. They've already gone through and done a lot of this work on the past season to get a baseline for where these players are at. Okay, now it's pretty wild because okay, so so they did their 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 top 
quarterbacks in the CFL list. And they have an explanation and they provide a key stat from last season for each of these quarterbacks, which, which is kind of an interesting way to think about some of these guys. Uh, but on the other hand, the way it's presented, it kind of like lends some room to debate. Like, okay, your starting list was Zach Kolaris at number one. Okay, you're not going to get any debate from anybody there in any statistic. Uh, the key stat that they have listed for Zach is 38 big-time throws, which means just long yardage passes, I suppose. Okay, good enough stat. Nobody's yeah, really going to debate but, but let's stay on Zach for just a second. The article mentions okay. him with a word that we used to use for somebody that was erratic. We used to call players that, that threw the ball all over the field and didn't know where it was going, gunslingers, right? Gunslingers, yep. They use that word in here, and they make mention that, yes, he makes the big plays, but he's also putting the ball in places where it could be intercepted more than other quarterbacks are. And was that something that was ever on your radar last year? Because it sure wasn't on mine. Well, there were some drops in the playoffs. <laughs> there yeah. were some there were some players there were some defenders dropping ball in both the, the final and the um one of the two playoff games. There were some key drops in those games. Uh so it became a little bit evident once you're really like putting your magnifying glass on there. But you see this a lot. You see this a lot. Uh, a, a quarterback who is dependable on 27 throws will throw a couple questionable ones. I don't know. Right. Against... But, but staying on this topic, number five on the list is Vernon Adams. Right. And they were making mention that his interception rate is among the lowest in the league. And he was the player we were putting under that uh, under that thought process. Is he's the one that's going to make the crazy plays and yet make the mistakes and throw interceptions where the stats aren't bearing that out. At least last year it wasn't. Yes. Yes. I saw that stat and I was surprised it was that low. That was crazy. But yes, I did notice last year that he was a lot more cooler, calmer and collected. Um, a lot of that because was because, you know, he spent so much time coming off the bench in that first half of the season. So had some time to, you know, chill out as opposed to Montreal where it's like, do everything now. Um, but yeah, I did notice that I was, I was shocked that it was so low. And to be honest, I'm shocked that he is this low on the table. Vernon Adams is, especially when you've got number four, Cody Fajardo. And this is the thing that bugs me about analytics and this is not an original um observation but a lot of times you just it if you just look at the numbers it doesn't make sense empirically observationally speaking you know i mean would you rank cody above vernon on your list yeah, I did think Cody got a bit of a raw deal last year. And I'm saying this as a bomber fan and he wow, was for the okay. because okay. he was running for his life most of the time. But he wasn't making mistakes with the ball. He was just having to choose. They were asking him to do too much. But when he was able to, because I watched the Banjo Bowl uh, like a month ago just to try, try to get the juices flowing a little bit. <laughs> and for the first half of that game with his team, half of his team is sick. And some players aren't even like they're literally bust like driving players from Regina to dress yeah. while the game is starting. 
<laughs> and he's keeping he kept the team in the game for the first half. Mm-hmm. That's true. And it was it felt like a one man, well maybe a two man show over here and there, but yeah, I, I think he just didn't have anything going on around him last year. So I can see it. I I understand where they're coming from, especially without ha- if this group is coming in and just looking at last year and looking forward to this year without having the depth of historical knowledge quite yet that they that they'll probably have in two or three years once they work on this further. I can see where they would do that. I I don't know if that's if it's actually the case. I wonder if Vernon having a full off season in BC yes. and being more comfortable in the system is going to switch that around. But at least it's a debate you could have. Well, I think Vernon's number five is because he got way fewer starts and way fewer pass attempts than Cody Fajardo. Right. They, but they also do have Chad Kelly six because they basically don't right. know what to do with him. Right. Right. Which again, I thought was, meh. I mean, and and I yeah, do want to come point, back to I wouldn't number even three leave him too. On, at I, some I point here, put him on the list at that. Point. Right. You know, I just have. A, but you're making a list of the nine starters. He has to go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to put them under incompleters and also <laughs> mentionables or something like that. Um, so, so yeah, uh, interesting way of looking at things here um, through the pro football focus lens. Uh, again, like so purely subjectively speaking, I'm not sure I buy two, three, four, <laughs> six, etc. But hey. This is going to be a website to pay attention to. Going on, yeah. What I like it. This is the first article of theirs I've read in quite some time because <laughs> I, I don't follow the NFL too right. terribly closely at this point. But it took something that I thought I had a pretty good handle on, and at least started making me question some of the things I thought I knew. And if it can do that all year, it's going to be a wonderful resource. Okay, so for the pre- – let me see exactly how they word this. The preseason CFL All-Star team, yeah. Um, I thought that this was an interesting snapshot of where they think these teams are going to be this season. I wasn't too surprised by, I think, anybody – any of their offensive choices – uh, you know, again, you've got Caleros, you've got Kadeem Carey, who really lit it up in the second half of the season, especially last year for Calgary. You've got Eugene, Eugene Lewis playing for Edmonton, um, who's on my fantasy team this week. Uh, Dalton Shen in the slot position. Do, do you really think that he's going to be as effective as last year, Joe, as a Bombers guy? It's a little bit hard to say on that. Because he's not going to surprise anybody this year. But then again, teams had, after the first month of the season, it should have been apparent that him and Zach had something going on, especially on the post-corner route. That was there all year long. Um, I don't know if he matches that because the Bombers have so many weapons. For a while, the Bombers were down a couple weapons last year. I don't know if people remember Nick Dempsey was out for for quite an amount of time. Greg Ellingson was out. Where it was, where there were fewer options out there uh, this year, even with Kenny Lawler unavailable for an undetermined amount of time due to some uh, legal issues, they still have, they're still starting five starting caliber players 
they're not picking up the replacement pile for any of their any right. of their receivers. Right. Yep. So yep. I don't know if he'll match the sheer numbers, but I said, th- but there's so many threats there. Nobody's gonna. He'll he'll do well on PFF. <laughs> um, they all will. And then yeah. you look at their fantasy numbers and go, were they a little disappointing? Well, no. There's five of them that are studs. What do you yeah. want? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only way to cash in on them properly on your CFL on your fantasy team is to take three of them, take two receivers and a slot. All receivers from Winnipeg that you better guess them right every and week. Zach, and you pick the right week. Right. <laughs> Um, okay. Also on the team is Dominique Rhymes. Actually, Dominique Rhymes. I wanted to ask you about this. I believe that Dominique Rhymes is the most expensive wide receiver in the fantasy game. He's certainly the most expensive on BC, so that would probably make him number one for the game. Um, is he worth in the fantasy game 14.8, 15 million? When your average it's player so, is 10? It's so hard to say because for players that played CFL fantasy long, Last year on the CFL site, the values have changed. Yes, they have. And you must dress a full roster. So the numerical values have changed, so it's very hard to say who's worth what quite yet. Right. But if you're asking me if he's the top, top guy, mm, give me a give me a month to see how the season shakes out, honestly. Okay. Before I'm gonna name anybody as a top guy, because Eugene Lewis, we know is awesome. But he's in Edmonton. Does he get the same looks from Taylor Cornelius yeah. or Kyle Oxley or Trey Ford or whatever ends up happening out there? Like if they if they've got a packages for any of those guys or what have you, as he got last year in Montreal or the last what five six years in Montreal with the various quarterbacks. But does he fit in Mont- in Edmonton's offense the same way as Montreal's offense, or can teams take him out of the game and ignore and? They got to worry about Dylan Mitchell too, but can they take him out of? Can he? Can they take him out of the quarterback's line of sight? Who knows? It's so hard to say how a new receiver is going to fit in a new package. Yeah, there's another one. Eugene Lewis is another one of your top most expensive wide receivers. Yeah, and Dylan Mitchell's season. got an ex- got got at least a case there too. Dalton Schoen, Kenny Lawler. Kenny Lawler, Jr. Is, another is in, one on the is in the play PFF too. Team. I mean, there's so many that could qualify there. It's so hard to say which one does yet. Yeah, they also have uh, Lawler on the team and Malik Henry, uh, offensive line Stanley Bryant from Winnipeg, Pierre Olivier Lestage from Montreal, uh, Sean McEwen from Calgary, Christian Matze from. Montreal, I like that. And Jermarcus Hardrick from Winnipeg. Ooh, nice pass protection there in Winnipeg this year, apparently, according to PFF. Now, for me, the interesting uh, thing was the defensive side, the PFF All-Pro defense, because, wow. Okay, so they've got a front eight and seven of them are Hamilton, Winnipeg, or Toronto. So that first game, Winnipeg-Hamilton, obviously they're expecting a real grinded out. With this, we should just get right into the pick 
because let's talk about this one first, actually. I want to just go right into the pick of we're, we're going full random here. Let's see. Okay. Hold on just a moment. Yeah. I'll cut this out. Okay. So, all right. So, yeah. The second game of the week, Hamilton Tiger Cats at Winnipeg. Now, after reading the pro football focus stuff, I really think probably the smartest bet here might be the under. But what do you think? Do you think Winnipeg is going to come charging out of the gate this year? Or do you think they're going to no, let the team No, I mean, they, 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 they struggled slightly out of the gate last year. Too. Mm-hmm. Remember, they had two close encounters with Ottawa right off the hop right. last year. Right. Uh, actually won the first one only because Drew Brown came in and replaced that Kalaros after a concussion scare there. So I, I it, it's hard to say with a with an older squad like Winnipeg, mentally they should be there, but are they are they quite there yet? I really didn't love what I saw in the second preseason game with players that and mind you, they did not play half their starters in the second game. But the starters and the primary backups didn't uh, just really shoot out of the gate at me. Now, first week, that half of the starters that played, first half was wonderful. I'll take that every time. <laughs> but, uh, just, I felt like, I, I just didn't feel like that didn't get what I wanted to see out of the second week, but and they seemed to, they they were slow at the beginning of last year too to really get rolling. Once they did, and they had a couple wins under the belt, even when they weren't playing well. Once they started playing well, it rolled and rolled until about mid-season, before they had struggles. But I, I don't see them as a team that's going to come firing out of the gate this year either. And the schedule is going to be quite a bit harder. But you wouldn't go so far as to say that Hamilton is going to win this game, right? You're 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 picking Winnipeg. I'm picking Winnipeg simply because I don't know what to expect out of Hamilton quite yet. I I would say this is going to be like a twenty to fourteen type of game where there's not where there's a lot of drama late. There's not a lot of offensive production. There's a lot of the kicking game involved. And Winnipeg gets the one bounce that they always got last year for the first half of the season and most of the second half, to be fair. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I'll take I'll take Winnipeg on this, too. Uh, let's see if I'll pick them. Uh, don't really know the point spreads right now, but just for the straight pick them, yeah, I'm looking at Winnipeg. Uh, in this first week of the season, odd choice, Toronto gets the bye. Defending champion Toronto Argonauts get the bye, and the season will kick off here in America on CBS Sports. Uh, BC Lions at Calgary Stampeders. Um, okay, all things being equal, I think BC is looking at running everything back, but with Nathan Rourke in there, uh, with Nathan Rourke not in there, Vernon Adams in there. The big question for BC last season was the secondary. 
they only made i think one acquisition during the free agency period in that area so i don't know what to expect there at least early on it would be nice to see some scoreboard spinning like we did early last year because that was fun but i think in the end i'm going to go with the old standby that's i've been using for the past few years works most of the time and just that calgary gets off to a slow start these first two three four weeks of the season so i'm i'm gonna take vernon and the bc lions at calgary. i'm gonna do the same i'm gonna say do the same thing but a little bit more emphatically wow we've been sitting here waiting for like the last five years for calgary to finally drop off the map this might be the year <laughs> to drop off the this map? might be yeah, drop drop to be fighting for a playoff spot, maybe even missing the playoffs. Wow. I don't think they're I don't think they're having a winning season this year. Uh, wow. Just they've lost too much every single year for the last five six years. You can't eventually you're gonna run out you're gonna run out of bullets in the gun. <laughs> you're just not gonna be able to pull talent from where they pull it every single year. And I think. I, Jake Mayer didn't impress me last year. He was great when he was the backup and Bo would be hurt and he'd come in for a game or two or even three, yep. put up a bunch of yardage. Nobody seemed to figure out how to deal with him. I felt like, I kind of feel like he got figured out last year later in the season. He doesn't, he isn't throwing the ball. He wasn't throwing the ball downfield nearly as much as he was. So I think teams have got him figured out now and know how to defend him. And there's no and maybe we have a repeat of what happened last year in Hamilton. Dane Evans took over. Wasn't the same player he was when he was a one B. That might be happening to Mayor this year. I just they don't they don't seem to have a number two that they can easily turn to and say, okay, Mayor isn't doing the job. You're next up. That's not there this year. It doesn't look right. like it anyway. Right, right. So this might right. be the year they struggle. Wow, I don't know. Looking at Montreal, looking at Ottawa, <laughs> it's going to be pretty tough for them. I mean, they'd have to, I don't know. I'm thinking that fifth place West team is not going to make the playoffs, but there should be a right. crossover. But eight, again, eight so. and 10 might cross over, but it might not. Or That's kind of where I, I'm not saying they're going to go three and 15, but eight and 10 is on the table. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, uh, just real quick touching on Hannah Peg, uh, Hannah Peg, Hamilton and Winnipeg. <laughs> that is a beast. Hamilton and Winnipeg. Um, concerned about Bo Levy? More than I was a couple weeks ago, honestly. Okay. Why so? I don't think he's done yet. Okay. He's got a couple, he doesn't have 10 years left, but he might have two or three or five. <laughs> okay but not if he for... can if he can re- if he can show he's recovered from the injuries over the past few years and then the layoff in 2020 he never really has gotten that back on track since what, 2018 2019 he hasn't been that same player he doesn't have to be that player anymore but he needs to be a little bit more than he was this put these past couple of years i do think calgary may have given up on him slightly too early last year though especially after what we saw from mayor the second half Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. And we wonder how many miles he has left. Uh, right. Game three. He's got enough to make this year interesting, especially with the Grey Cup being hosted in Hamilton. Yep. Yep. And the East being the East. Um, speaking of which, Ottawa Red Blacks at Montreal Alouettes. Um, okay. Now, before you were saying that you thought Cody Fajardo got a bad break, he was being asked to do too much. Well, here's the guy who was maybe asking him to do much. Now head coaching the Alouettes, Jason Moss. And I don't know. I'm, I'm having trouble wrapping my heads around having this duo here for my team. Jason Moss doesn't exactly have awesome head coaching experience. He did have one, not exactly outstanding, but well above average season there at Edmonton with Mike Riley as his quarterback. Jeez. Um, I mean, you seemed optimistic about Cody Fajardo. Are you optimistic about having him with the same offensive coordinator now head coach? Yes, honestly. Wow. It's continuity no for him okay, in a new spot. So it's yeah. going to help a little bit. Okay. They have they have more talent than they they lost a lot of talent. The the month of instability in the offseason happened right before free agency and it was just a bad time for it. Yep. They lost something. They're not going to be the same team as they were last year. Nope. But at the same time, they still have William stand back around. They still have some pieces of that offensive line that around. They don't have Eugene Lewis or Jake Winicky. Big hurts. The receiving core isn't going to be the same as it was. But Fajardo's used to working with less. He's used to working with Moss. I could still see eight and ten being on the table, nine and nine. Probably not going to be too much more than that. But in the East, that's going to get you second place, probably. Or, uh, or a respectable third place. Ottawa, on the other hand, that's what everybody was thinking they were going to do last year is come up from the bottom and raise up and raise the level of the East. Not happening this year. <laughs> Jeremiah Mazzoli is already out for, for the first two games right? that we know of. Jovan Santos Knox is out for the first couple games. It's just going to be the same story all year. Injuries, instability, Maybe slightly more stability this year with Bob Dice as a head coach. I wish he would have gotten a better hand dealt to him. But if they win four games, that's probably about their ceiling. <laughs> I don't see much more than that. Going into the season with Nick Arbuckle as a starter because Mazzoli's hurt and still has been hurt, I don't know if Mazzoli's playing it down this year. Or if he does, he what his health is going to be. So I can't project them to do much of anything. So I think Montreal gets a nice start to the season, comes out, has a nice game, and gets things rolling on the right foot. The goal would be for Ottawa to start 5-9 and nine because career Bob Dice is 4-9 and nine as a head coach, as an interim head coach. <laughs> so... Um, I don't know. See, there's a little bit of continuity there, too, right? Because, I mean, he closed out last season for Ottawa. He went 3-6 and six with them, which was better than they had started the year. So, 
I don't know. I'm just I'm just looking for the warning signs here to 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 pick against Montreal in this first game. I probably Because you want to pick against Montreal because you don't believe in them. But I don't believe in Ottawa more than I don't believe in Montreal. <laughs> Well, it wasn't so much that is that I don't want to, you know, let myself in for the inevitable disappointment of losing to what might be the worst team in the league this year in week one. So I'm just trying to. You'll the, have the plenty way... of room for disappointment in two weeks in Hamilton. <laughs> Enjoy week one. The way that I like to play CFL Pick'em is because they let you do the little whammy bar where you get to choose, like, how much confidence you have in your pick. And, they don't this uh, year. Oh, they don't do that this year? Okay, damn. Nope. Because my strategy was always to, like, you always put it at 100, right? Except when I was, because I had to cover the owls every week. And so that week, you always set it at one. Because if you lose, you only get minus one point. If you win, you get 101, right? So, so that way, I didn't have to bet against my team. I didn't have to do the mixed disappointment thing if they won and I had bet against them. But on the other hand, you know, I don't have to pay too much for it. However, I usually go about 40% anyway, so it doesn't matter in the end. I'm not going to get enough points to be competitive. So that's probably what I'll do for this week. I don't know. Maybe I should just bite the bullet and give them 100 this week, but I can't do it. So Too bad. I was looking forward to that. Right. The week closes out with, with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at the Edmonton Elks. Uh, both teams had, I don't know if you'd call the Elks season disappointing, but both had, let's say, underwhelming seasons last season. Uh, the Riders have reset everything. The Elks have been, have you, have you been surprised? I mean, the Elks have been relatively quiet this offseason. It hasn't necessarily been the revolving door too much out there. Last season was a revolving door. <laughs> yes, it was. But every so season he, with Chris so Jones. So Jones got a lot of the pieces in place he wanted by the end of the season. And there wasn't as much out there this year as there was yeah. there would be in other years because you had the XFL and the USFL out there. So he took what he had at the end of last season and went, okay, I'll, we'll add Eugene Lewis. That'll help. But there wasn't as much help out there in CFL free agency as there might have been otherwise. Mm-hmm. But he's had a year to go through, weed out the players that don't fit what he does, and he's got his players now. That alone is going to make him two or three wins better. Just starting from a base of what he of players that meet his expectations instead of just taking what he had. Okay, now. We knew from early on in last season that they were going to be the hype team coming into this season. They were going to be the Vogue pick coming into this season. But I guess first things first, are they going to get the home win? Are they finally going to win a home game as the Elks? Not this week. (laughs) Wow, you're kidding. I'm giving them the win this week. I'm going with the Elks this week. I'm going with the Elks this week. Um, I saw a poll on Twitter recently uh, which said, you know, which of these four, you know, bottom place teams from last year are you expecting the improvement from this year? Obviously, Edmonton was number one in that poll. But 
Number two was Hamilton. So either Ryder Twitterverse is getting slack or maybe some realism. Maybe they're not expecting as much improvement in Ryderville as they did. Possibly, but I do think they steadied themselves a little bit with Trevor Harris. We've known that that Trevor Harris isn't the kind of player that's going to take you and win you a Grey Cup all alone. But on the other hand, have any of his teams been terrible? Harris will keep you in the game. He Mm -hmm. just can't close it. You know, I mean, if if and if you put an offense around him, they'll score points. But again, he won't close it out for you. You know, like I always, I'm looking forward to playing him in fantasy again this year, like 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 I should have last year more often because he's going to rack up some stats. Now, I wanted to ask you in general, Joe, about CFL fantasy. You don't have to give away any secrets, although. We're kind of spiritually on the same team. Uh, Joe, I don't know if you want to do a recap, if you want me to do a recap of last season, but just in brief, Joe came out hot and closed like the Hindenburg. Um, and I don't mean on fire. I, I mean, semifinals. With the- <laughs> the semifinals. I'm not too upset with that result. No, we got a lot of smart people in our league. Yeah, I'll take, no. I'll take a semifinal visit every year. I was actually not bad, but for a while there, it was looking glorious. And so I think, I think almost we might back have, to back, almost back to back. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There, there was a, there was a little window in there where I was on the bubble of making the playoffs there, but then I think I lost like five of the last six. So, so, so much for that dream. Finished almost in last. I really let down the side this year and I want to, help the side this year joe so help me out here help me out give me some tips i'll tell you what i'm trying to do this year okay so or at least this week so we have uh seven spots in cfl fantasy football you have your quarterback you have two running backs which i kind of question two wide receivers a flex and a defense no kickers, which I also kind of question too. Um, the total budget is what? The total budget is ooh. What is the total budget? It's around ten thousand per player, right? Something of the sort. I want to say it's like seventy k. Yeah, seventy thousand. So ten thousand per player. And I'll tell you what. It seems to me like at least in this first week, a lot of players are ten thousand. <laughs> at least a lot of the name players, they're just starting them off at 10,000. So how do you generally start picking these teams? How do you form your team, Joe? So since so last year in our league, we also had to have full rosters. And this year, it's enforced by the game itself, which is great. Um, at least as far as I'm concerned, because our league enforces it, so... If the software is going to enforce it, it makes my life easier. Right. <laughs> uh, so what I generally try to do, and it's really nice that they had the defenses on top first this year. Yes. I always try to save some money on defense first. Because I'm not going to spend 10K on a defense if I can all help it. 
If I have a matchup that I think is decent with a defense that's around five or six, I'm going to take it. The, if the defense is, if the only cheap defense though is a defense I know is going to give up 40 this week, <laughs> maybe I spend a little bit more money. But by giving myself a bit of a start on the budget, uh, uh, on, go, on being under budget, it helps me. Then I look at the quarterbacks. That's my next step. I also try not to spend too much on a quarterback unless I absolutely love a matchup. If I can go under budget on a quarterback that I believe is going to put up third or fourth best amount of points that week, I'm loving it. I think if I can get that, if I can get that guy, great. I'm going to do that because then that gives me room to spend on one decent running back. Because the second one, I'm also going to look for discounts on. And then I have extra room to play with the wide receivers. So that way I can pick a wide receiver that matches with my quarterback, uh, try to stack them if I can. And then that way I can spend a little bit more on the wide receiver position. That second running back, I'm only going to be trying to spend, you know, if I could spend 2500 perfect. Even if I don't get a lot of points there, that gives me more to play with my with my wide receivers. So I've got to spend more than that to have to have any chance of scoring points. That's less I could spend on the wide receivers. So I'm always looking for that running back that is getting five to ten touches a game and not getting a lot of press. Okay. This year in this this year this week, the Edmonton Elks defense. Okay, is going off at 5.6, Okay, that's three thousand less than the next defense, the eighth place defense. That's way low, isn't it? I mean, yeah, we we're just talking about how Trevor Harris might light it up, but geez, I mean, what, why wouldn't yeah. you save the seven, eight thousand on a defense? Yeah, that'd be a good way to go if you believe Saskatchewan was going to turn the ball over a few times. Trevor Harris doesn't turn the ball over very often. So I did the next best thing. I went, Saskatchewan's like the second or third lowest, right? Yes. And they're playing Edmonton, and I feel like Edmonton's more prone to making the mistake. Mm. Turnovers score you points. If you can get generate turnovers, if you give up some points... Even if you give out some points on the scoreboard and your defense is generating turnovers, you're going to get a positive number on your defense. I get a feeling that we could see some really nifty stuff out of the Elks this week. I think that we could see, you know, some specially designed plays for the various quarterbacks. You know, Trey can run a little bit. You know, I I think this could be a real contest for the Saskatchewan defense. Um, okay. How do you feel about no names or, or you know, taking a flyer on a guy? Um, I picked up for one of my running backs because you recommended one cheap running backs, uh, Gagney out of Montreal uh, for like three and a half hundred. How are you on the lower end of players? By all means, if you could find a player that you think is going to score you five points and you're not spending much money at all, it gives you some flexibility to put in a guy that 
to spend more money on a guy that you think is going to put up a lot of points this week. Yeah, Gagne's a bargain at six and a half points. And and I'm and I'm getting charged three thousand actually. It's not even three and a half. So I mean that's that's a bargain if he's anywhere near his projected points. Um who's your stud? Are you willing to say? Who's who's your yeah. I, I set my I set my quarterback up as a stud this week and it's Vernon Adams. Really? You went with Vernon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. I went with oh. Vernon. Uh, I try not to spend top quarterback dollars if I can at all help it. And I like the matchup because I don't think Calgary is going to hold onto the ball very much this year, this season. I don't think their offense is going to put up a ton of points. Kadeem Carey might stuff that idea right up, right down my throat. Um, but if defenses are keyed on him, and Mayer can't take advantage of that, then I think I might have something going here with that. And Adams has got a wide receiver stable that's likely to help him put up those points, and. If P- and a bonus, if PFF is saying that he's not he's not making interception throws this year, I'm not getting hurt on that part of the game either. You know, see, that's that's the thing I was going to say about Kadeem Carey is that like, look, in the CFL, if your best offensive player is your halfback, yeah, <laughs> that's not a winning formula. Okay, that that you can't that can't happen in the CFL, especially since yeah he's better than your quarterback too. I mean he's the all pro. Your quarterback is not on this team, so you know that is a, a warning sign that to be looking out for the for the nightmarish season that Joe is forecasting for Calgary. Uh, I went with I went with uh, Zach at quarterback just because uh, the consistency is there. I think they may not be gangbusters out of the gate, but I think he'll throw a couple of touchdowns, maybe maybe bounce one off the hands of a defender, hopefully not get one picked off. And um, I'm I'm rolling the dice. I went with Eugene Lewis. I went with Eugene Lewis in, in my stud uh, flex spot. So fingers crossed. Yep, on and that. if you save money, if you save money elsewhere, then you can spend on guys like Lewis and Kolaros. Well, yeah, I really took a chance. My big chance was on Nick Bahar, uh, who's, you know, a rookie. and uh, But they got him projected for eight and a half points there for Ottawa. So we'll see if that can happen. I don't, I don't know what that quarterback support out there in Ottawa this week. But, you know, I'm taking a flyer. I took a couple of big name guys, so take a couple of bargain yeah guys. there's not enough money out there to take sure things in a position yeah there really isn't i wonder if that's going to straighten out a little bit because like i say there there seems to be a lot of players stuck at that ten uh thousand range and that'll shake out that'll shake out as they start producing or not producing but the weird thing is is that the projected points and the price don't line up you know, you can get you can get guys that are projected for higher scores at cheaper prices than the top ranked guys. So yeah, and I'm not sure how much I trust the projected points yet. <laughs> right, it's like here's a guess. <laughs> I have no clue really, but um, it'd be better. It'd be better in my mind if they said here was his average last year. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is this like where's last year's stats? You know now or, and. 
even with the rookies. Possibly an explanation where they get pulling these projected points out of. I haven't seen it. I haven't dug too, too deeply into it, but it'd be nice to have it clear and obvious where they're coming from. Yeah, that's what they do in the NFL game, which is actually kind of a pain in the butt because after week one, then it resets to this season and all you've got is one week worth of data. Right. So right. there there would it would be nice to have a system where it's just last five weeks. That would be a nice, you know, stat to have. Just, you know, see see how they ended the season. Because again, like even looking at these teams, most folks are much more bullish on the Elks who went out high than somebody like Calgary who did not. You know, it's, it's, you gotta end the season on a roll, you know, not on a down. So in any case, all right, Joe, we're starting this season on a roll, wouldn't you say? Yep, uh, we right. are. We we are again in the Canadian football uh, family podcast. I don't even know what you, we call it anymore. Uh, Canadian football. Basically, podcast we're in a league network. with a whole bunch of. We're in a whole bunch of. Uh, we got sixteen uh, podcasters all vying for bragging rights, and we're looking at uh this week it looks like i have duchess lombardi from the turf district podcast is my matchup and you have the argos fan cast i have argos yeah yeah we had yeah. some good battles last year so that'll be fun well start start off with another one then that's always a good i don't know that, that that kind of seems a little unfair to me though it's like three heads three heads versus one that's that doesn't seem right <laughs> yeah especially since i got about half a one so my team. So right. All right. So welcome to the 2023 CFL season, everybody. I'm Oz Davis for my co-host Joe Pritchard. This has been the Roos Right and Blue Podcast, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. Oh, 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 oh.